RadioInfluence.com. Yellow, how are ye? This is Rock O'Reilly with you on the Rock Stops here. Another podcast. Got back. First, first flight. First, first, first trip since COVID. Survived it. It felt like there was never even a pandemic. Damn, was it packed. I'll tell you all about that. Uh, the NFL, that how about, how about here in Tampa Bay where I'm broadcasting from? Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers announcing sold out season tickets. What a difference when you win. Sorry ass franchise, one year, the Brady effect. I'll get into that. Went to the Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Islanders, Stanley Cup semifinals. Was there as a media member. Very interesting. Great vibe in the building. Also, I've been, I have a friend that works in Fox in Vegas and seeing the vibe that they got in Vegas. Oh, my God. Playoff hockey, there's nothing like it. We got the NBA playoffs continuing. A lot of injuries this year. That's the one thing about it cripples. It can cripple your league because you only got five guys on a court. So if you got two guys and one guy, three guys that are hurting or out, your stars, you're screwed. But anyway, we're doing some baseball talk here today. My guest, nine-year Major League Baseball veteran, a catcher. Most of his time with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time. Then he was moved to the L.A. Dodgers. What an experience it was out there, Hollywood and first pitches. And there was always a celebrity at Dodger Stadium. And then he was with the White Sox. And then he tried to make a comeback, and he was in this independent league called the Atlantic League. His years under Lou Pinella. And brings up something new regarding, do you remember the Sammy Sosa cork bat incident at Wrigley Field? Bat was shattered in half, and Kobe uh, Toby picked it up. Toby Hall's my guest. So, very interesting. In Vegas, he played at UNLV. He's coaching and training kids. Without further ado, here he is, my man. Hey, I'll tell you right now, Toby. Fastball, down the middle. I know you got it. Here he is. Legendary. My man, Toby Hall. All right, Toby, so we are here in your facility. You've actually been doing this, the training, for quite a while now, right? Yeah, four or five years. My wife finally said, get out and go start helping these kids. And uh, like you talked to Jason Michaels, it's, it's nice that we're just giving back to, you know, get having them understand the game. And I didn't have this when I was younger, so it's it's um, keeps me in the game and it keeps me, uh, keeps me going and, and teaching them. Huh, Got to keep you out of the house. Yeah, it's rewarding when, you know, the parents send a video and all of a sudden they hit a home run or things that click. Uh, it's rewarding. It's fun. Now, do you have to deal with some parents that might have higher expectations than <laughs> with their kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's fun because I'm able to help them through that process, too. Um, you know, I've already been through it with with my kids and and that youth age and then the high school part and the travel ball and the recruiting and all those different things. And of course, everybody thinks their kid's going to be a major leaguer and it's, uh, I want them to be, of course. Um, but getting that, that training and getting to that next level, I just want them to make the high school team first. And then, 
get them a scholarship. And then if they're, uh, God willing, they're able to go, you know, play some professional baseball. So, um, it's a, it's an enjoyable experience. Does it feel like it was a long time ago that you were actually playing? Does it feel like it's a different life? It's really weird. You know, I was I was just talking to Mark Tompkin uh, yesterday about our 4 season when we won 12 in a row, and they're getting ready to win or play tonight, I guess, for, for 12 in a row. So, yeah, it seems like, I mean, it's my rookie year was 20 years ago. That's 21 years ago. It's weird. No, so... Yeah, he wanted me to bring up some stories, and I get, I go, man, I got to really think back. <laughs> so, yeah, back in Lou Pinella days. Oh, my God. I really love Lou. He would be, I guess, if you do your job, you're going to be okay, right? Oh, yeah. I loved him. Um, he just wants to win, you know, and that's, I mean, I went through all four managers and, um, and obviously teammates with uh, Kevin, and it's... Bottom line, Lou wants to win, you know, and for him to, to leave that last year, I mean, I I don't know what he was promised, but obviously he didn't, uh, wasn't able to get that. Okay, so you came out of Cali, California. You were all state, all that mm-hmm. jazz. You went to UNLV. So I'm wondering, with that philosophy, seems to be a little bit mixed. Some have told me, you know what, if you're good enough, go to pro ball. Because in college, you're not playing every day. You know, it's a grind in the pros. Others say that they weren't mentally mature enough to play pro ball. So as you look back at it now, was that a good decision to go to UNLV? Especially because uh, I got drafted first by the Giants as a catcher. And I was uh, a third and first baseman. And, I mean, all my dreams came true. I mean, getting drafted, get the opportunity to go play. But I didn't know how to catch. I didn't catch since I was nine years old. So, no. So that's when uh, I started taking my recruiting trips and first one was in Vegas and I signed and I, my parents said, you got four more trips where, you, you know, we got to go to, you know, UCLA and all these different ones and check out other schools. But I really enjoyed uh, the campus there. And, um, but definitely that's what got me, got me going. And that 97 draft got drafted by the Devil Rays and I'm like, where's Florida? <laughs> Never been there. And, um, and here we are, you know, 24 years later, I haven't moved. So, wow. So did it help you? I mean, if you're 18 and then you go in compared to when you're 21 or 22, what was it about three years in the minors? Yeah. Kind of quick. Was that about what they expected for you? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I definitely think for, for myself, college was, I needed that to get prepared for um, you know, going right into Charleston, South Carolina and River Dogs and then Durham and um, facing plus velocity in college helped me definitely with pro ball. Um, but then you got to get acclimated to the wood bat. So, so I think mo- most of those, those three years taking batting practice was with wood just to try to prepare. Mm-hmm. And then in the games we had to use metal, but um that was a stepping stone that definitely helped me get ready for the big leagues. Was it hard being in the minor leagues or did you just love it every day? It was a grind. I mean, there's no, no question, especially playing in Orlando. We we were in um, that uh, South, no, not South Atlantic league, but um, yes. Well, we'd go to West Tennessee. We would, 
So like that West Tennessee trip was 16 hours. Um, we would leave at 11 at night after a game and, and have to play in Orlando the next day at seven o'clock. So yeah, the, the scheduling on that, that league was pretty tough and that grinding, but then you get to, um, like next month, uh, Dan Wheeler and I were going to go up to Charleston for, uh, they're doing a, a celebrity softball game up there and nice. we get to play golf there at Kiwa Island. So that's, that's going to be fun. But places like that, you know, and, and going going back and seeing them and and then you get to AAA in, in Durham, which is amazing place. Then you get to fly. So that, that gets you kind of ready for uh, a little big league taste. I got a great Frank Viola story. Remember Frank Viola? Remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he did some stuff on TV uh, many years after he retired with us. Yeah. And he had kids that were grown now, a, a daughter. I think she was going to be in the Olympics. and But they were grown. So he said, you know what? Maybe I'll get back into coaching. So I said, oh. So he did. And I said, Frank, good luck to you. So they put him in a ball. I think it was Staten Island. Something like that. And I talked to him afterwards and I said, how did it go? And he goes, it was good. Uh, you know, I quit drinking. I said, oh, you quit drinking? And he said, yeah, man, when you got those long bus rides and the coaches, you know, they sit in the front. Yeah. And you got to step over everybody. You're drinking beer and uh, that's a pain to get a pain in the ass to get in the back. Yeah, to get back there and pee and everybody's <laughs> sleeping and passed out. Yeah. But you're young, I guess. And there's those long rides. Yeah. It just, it, that, that's the only, the, the downfall of it. But, you know, nowadays, I mean, these guys have pretty nice buses. Ours, I'll never forget too, the air conditioning broke down on one bus ride. Um, so we had to undo the emergency things just to get air in there. Um, but it, it seems like a blur. I mean, it, it's one of those, you know, you look back at it and I try to, you know, talk to the kids about it and share stories. Um but like Bull Durham, I mean, that movie, I mean, it's very similar to uh, I, these kids have it made nowadays, though. I mean, they, you know, they're getting paid more. Uh, the training, the food, everything's a little more uh, intriguing for these these athletes now that are in pro ball. Now, Toby, I love the stories when you get called up. I mean, you've worked so hard to get to that point. What were you in Durham, AAA? Can you remember it? Yeah. Yeah, we were playing uh, in in Durham there, and Bill Evers called me in. I was like, "Oh, I got traded or something." And and at that time, I was leading the league in in the inter- international league. Um, and he he said, uh, "Hey, you're going to Oakland tomorrow." I said, "Oakland," and sure enough, which was which was really. I mean, I got to give some ups now I thinking about it. Um, growing up in in California. And we'd go to all the A's games and Giants games, and and sure enough, pull in and hitting hitting fifth right behind Greg Vaughn. So uh, it was my wife dropped me off at the airport there at Durham, and and it was just a just a weird experience. It got to go first class, <laughs> n- never been that on that. So um, yeah, direct flight right to Oakland, and boom. So you get in the clubhouse, yeah. you see your uniform hanging there, you're going to put it on, you greet your teammates, you're going to be playing that night? That night. every Everything was there, and I got out for uh, batting practice, and I would look up where we'd always sit as kids, and uh, I'm like, dang, this is, this is really surreal. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah. Toby, you had a lot of interesting moments, but the one story that I would love to know about is with Sammy Sosa and the corked bat. You were right there. It was in Wrigley, Wrigley Field, right? Wrigley, yeah. Our first time, I, that time I think was our interleague, that, well, which is weird, was Tate, now my son's 18. Uh, he was six months old there. So my wife came up and I had him on the field and it was, it was great. And then that situation happened, um, run around third. Yeah. And then the, the bat cracked, but there's a plate, the plate. So I grab it and throw it and I'll never forget. It was remember when SARS was around that, whatever was going on. Uh, I think it was, uh, Fletcher was the other catcher. He goes, you threw it like it had SARS on it, (laughs) but I didn't put two and two together until, um, afterwards and but it landed by McClellan's feet so at that time he thought I was throwing it McClellan is the, uh, the umpire oh, behind the dish, behind the dish. Yeah. so at that time uh, he was thinking that I was throwing it to him to show him and when you when they watch a replay I'm trying to get away from home plate um, there was there's no time to think about uh, I didn't even know I just saw a bat, you know, whenever a bat breaks, it shatters. And sure enough, I mean, it was like six inches long of cork. Um, But it was weird. It was that night. So we get there back to the hotel. And uh, that was the first night I was Clark Griswold. I had to change my uh, alias on that because our poor, you know, Tayden was sleeping in the crib. Everybody's calling to try to get an interview about it. And, um, it's just weird. The next day, he Sammy came up and apologized and to me to put me through that, and I was like, no, did he, you did, he, "Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was really. It was oh. nice." Um, and but that that was just a weird. You know, yeah. I look back at the video and stuff, and I'm like, you can't really tell that it happened, but it it really did. Um, which was sad because it, you know, regardless of why he was using or why certain people do it, um. I mean, he's, he's strong enough. He can hit home runs. I think I can understand if he used it in BP for the fans and stuff like that. And, but I don't know the whole true story, you know, the whole story about it. So, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, really weird. That's the first time I needed an (laughs) A-list. So you had something like 589 games with the Rays and then boom, Mm -hmm. you're with the Dodgers. Yeah. What is that like for a player? Of all of a sudden, you're going to be in a new city. You got new teammates. Yeah. There was so much speculation. We were playing in Miami um, at that time. I mean, it was Huff and I and a bunch of guys that were getting ready to be free agents. So I talked to my my agents about that, and they just didn't know where it was going to be. Um, but, yeah, then you get the call, and you go and went to the upstairs, meet Friedman. And, and that was hard because, I mean, that's who I came up with and um, we're just getting ready to build a house. And it just, you know, things that's that's the business part of it. And um, but I think, you know, right when I landed in L.A., it it got pretty real. I'm first place. And, um, you know, you got guys like Nomar and Maddox and I mean, you name it. Um, big crowds every night. Yeah, every night there's a a celebrity coming in the clubhouse and throwing out the first pitch. And it, you really, you feel like a rock star out there. Yeah. Toby, you made the trip to Tokyo, right? Yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to go. 
Remember that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. As a reporter, wasn't that an experience? Yeah, they love their baseball, don't they? Yeah, they love their baseball and sake. I remember. I'll never forget it. Looked like a big vacuum on the back, and I asked my wife, "I'm like, what was that? It's a big barrel of sake they're bringing around." <laughs> but that was exciting. I mean, I, what I I got something after that game, the award or something like that, and they gave us five thousand dollars cash. It was the. Um, Do you remember you got it? Fighting spirit, whatever they're, yes. I guess they give it to every, uh, even in their home games, an incentive for their players to, um, yeah, Lugo and I got it. Yeah, it was like, like all right, just an envelope of $5,000 cash. And I was like, whoa. So we tried to get it the next night, too. I think some Huff got it or something. But it was yeah. a great experience, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. But then what was weird, we get back, and then we got it spring training game yeah yeah there was that actually was a, uh those were regular season games you yeah. played one against the japan team but against the yankees and then you had to come back and we had to finish up yeah four more games or something like that yeah, it was it was a weird and then that that jet lag i mean you saw oh, that yeah. was that was something uh but lou gave us a couple of days off which was good on that part um but yeah beautiful out there um those fans they love the, they love some baseball they do like to smoke a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was, and the toilets and the, yeah, those beds. <laughs> I'll never forget. I put the sofa at the end of the bed, just so a little extra leg room. Yeah. Well, remember Mark Hendrickson at that time. I mean, he's 6'10 or something like that. I go, how'd you do that? Yeah. So as you finish your major league career, and it happens a lot, you probably didn't think you were done yet. Yeah. And you went to the Atlantic League. Mm-hmm. Now, for those that don't know, that's independent baseball. It's decent quality, mm-hmm. but you don't get the perks no, no. like the major leagues. How was that? Was it hard? Well, I was rehabbing my shoulder uh, down at Starcare, Larry Mayo, and Von Hayes was in there at that time. And I was just getting ready to get, I had it, I needed another, I mean, this was probably July, June. And I had, I had to wait all the way till spring training. And he goes, why don't you come up and play for me in Camden, uh, New Jersey. And that's kind of how that all started. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so played there. I mean, but they get great, great fans. Um, you know, you don't get paid much, but it's, um, it was neat because at that time, you know, having that much major league experience and then going in that clubhouse and those guys are all dreaming to be there. Uh, got to help a lot of guys out, you know, and, and take them to dinner and just talk about what it's like. And, um, and, you know, some were on the verge of not, not playing anymore. And, and, and some were still, I mean, there, some were there for seven or eight years, you know, trying to get that. Um, but we saw a couple guys do it and, and get there and, um, made the all-star team in that league that year. It was, it was a, it was a neat little, uh, token to go there and and do that but then afterwards my arm just wasn't it wasn't feeling good and um and finally I told my wife I go I'm done this is uh if I can't compete at that at the big league level no need to keep playing now it's funny Toby when we started this and you mentioned you know training just to get out of the house I know that there was a former major league catcher he used to work with us on tv Spanky Lavalier remember Spanky oh yeah great guy yeah so he was with us, yeah. And he told us at the time he goes, "My wife can't stand it. Yeah. She was used to me being away, out. I got to go do something. I couldn't take it." 
So it's quite a transition, isn't it? Yes. All you pros, whether it's NFL, and I mean, you've worked your whole life, and, and then it's done, man. Boom, it's done. Yeah. And you're a young man. I was thinking about going to coach and, and, and do all that, but I I told my kids, I said, you guys will never see me. I'll be gone another eight, nine months of the year, um, somewhere in Iowa or so, you know, somewhere out in somewhere and decided to stay home and, and, and be around them. And, and I was at the fields with them all the time. So sometimes I wouldn't leave till 10 at night helping the, his teammates and kids, you know, in little league and all that. And that's when my wife said, why don't you go get a place? And that's kind of how it all started. And then, uh, met with, met with Jason Miller here at, at the kangaroo court. They do a great top tier program and we merged together and, and, um, that's been it. This is my like little home away from home here. Last but not least, you were able to be here, a good dad, yeah. be around your kids and your yeah. daughter, and the, the, right. It, it allowed you that. Oh, it's huge. It's uh, you know watching my son be able to play and and now go to USF uh, um, and be local. And my daughter shows cows, so we got two two different spectrums. We're either at a field or a farm, so it's. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. Awesome. Thank you, Toby. You bet. Good seeing you, Rob. Yeah, you can Google. There's so many former major leaguers, especially here in uh, the Tampa Bay, Florida area, that are now training. And can you imagine being a kid and getting trained by a major league player? Like, I grew up in a little town, Dover, New Jersey. I did. There was no major leaguers that came to our practices. Are you kidding me? Hamilton Field in Dover, New Jersey? You gotta be kidding me. They had one tryout. Anybody could go. The Cincinnati Reds. They had it every year. One year you're supposed to be 16. I was only like 15. My father told me, "Just go. Just lie. I just say you're 16." And a guy uh, hit a triple off me out of Marstown and ended up signing him out of that camp. <laughs> but anyway, my thanks to Toby Hall. There was a time, like Toby was here, I covered him, and then I don't know if it was with the White Sox or was it the Dodgers? I know, I guess I did an interview with him, and I think, I don't know if he remembers it, but I think that he was mad. Something came out. I have no idea what it was. Apparently it wasn't that bad. Because years later, I've run into him at maybe, you know, a hockey game or the college bowl game one time down in St. Pete. And, uh, you know, he gave me the big bear hug and everything. Everything was cool. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a family man. He's raising his kids. He's busier now than ever. The training facility now, he just moved. A lot of times these guys move. They move around. And he moved into this facility that trains kids and they have so many like national titles. I, it's unbelievable. I just hope now I'm not, I'm not concerned with the Toby Halls, the Seth McClung's there's Jesse Litch. Uh, Oh, Jason Michaels. These guys, you know, they, they know how to mix in fun and just shoot you straight and try to help you, you know, the chances to make it to the major leagues, everything has to align. And I don't, you don't know, it might not be in the cards. You know, you can have talented kids, but everything has got to align. 
you know, it's very, 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 very hard. Just try to get the college scholarship, man. That would be great. But some of these facilities that are trained by guys that maybe had a little cup of coffee in the minor leagues, some concern me a little bit. You know, it's like it's it's treated like a boot camp, you know, and you, you, they're still kids. Fun. You got a whole life where you're going to have to work your entire life. And for bosses that you probably don't like, that's the only thing, man. Just make sure fun for your kids. Sports should be fun. Yes, there's winners and losers. Uh, You know, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. I understand all that. I understand all that. And you play to win the game. As Herman Edwards said, you play to win the game. No doubt. But also have fun. It's supposed to be fun, and they're not, shouldn't be pros. But anyway, my thanks to Toby Hall. Now, I mentioned on Twitter, uh, one of our fans hit me up asking me about uh, the situation with the foreign substance that pitchers in Major League Baseball use. And there's always been a rosin bag. That's legal. You know, that little white thing that's uh, in the back of the mound. And when a ball is slick, you might be sweating your hand, and you can always use the rosin bag. I guess sunscreen has kind of been okay for so many. I did. I never heard of this spider tack. I had, I had no idea. And next podcast of the podcast after I was scheduled tomorrow to sit down with a former longtime, a major league baseball pitcher, also a pitching coach with a major league affiliate. And I was going to pick his brain and we rescheduled for next week. So until I have more information, you know, how many, from what I've been able to gather, it's kind of split. And, you know, Major League Baseball, all of a sudden now in the middle of a season, you enforce something? Middle of the season? If you're going to enforce something to not have any substance like that, or the, then do it before the season starts. And I this was spurred on because the Rays, Tyler Glass now, he's got an... Uh, you, a tear in his elbow and he is not going to have surgery. He's going to try to rehab it, but he's pissed off. He was having an MVP type of season. And then they came down with this rule now and he had to grip the ball tighter. Now you would think big deal, right? Oh, you're putting a little bit more pressure on baseball. First of all, throwing a baseball is such an unnatural motion for your elbow for your arm. That's why underhand is the natural. That's why softball, fast pitch softball pitchers can pitch back to back. It's natural. It's unnatural for the shoulder, for the elbow, for the for everything. And just by gripping it tighter possibly could cause an injury. Now you're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars. Could be as much as $50 million for him. I understand that he's pissed. But until I get more information, I don't want to spew. You know what I mean? I like to give facts behind my information and then you can't get in trouble. So I will investigate and I'll let you know. I got another trip coming up and I'm working on a really cool baseball player. He is, it would be really good. So we'll see. I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that one. Speaking of trips, I did have a little family trip. We all flew up uh, from TIA, which still to me is the nicest airport 
in the country. It's always, it's relaxing. Even if it's crowded, it's not stressed. Did you notice that? And I get that from a lot of people that have come through TIA. No matter where you are in the country, man, it's, there's something about it. But we flew to BWI, Baltimore. And holy shit, it was packed, packed to the gills. And we went to Maryland, and then we also drove to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the Amish, don't call them Amish, the Amish country. My brother lives in Lidditz, little town in PA, outside of there, beautiful. Oh, and it was outside, there was no humidity. He has a nice backyard. The kids were all playing, not on their phones, and just it was it was it was heavenly, man. And then a long cruise back to BWI, and then the airport, and then the lines, and overbooking on. And there was a pilot that was online. Now we were trying to get my daughter and son on a standby on an earlier flight. Why not? Because my in-laws were also on that flight. And we were on a different one, my wife and I. And so blah, blah, blah. And so we were standing online and there was a pilot that was giving up his seat. It was for a flight to Denver. And they, they were making the announcement. This flight is overbooked. Every flight is like, this flight is packed. There is no seats available. You know, every, the lines and just trying to keep up. Holy crap. And I turned to the pilot and I said, man, is it crowded here? He goes, it's like this everywhere. Everywhere in the United States, every every airport is packed to the gills. And it happened quick because my in-laws had traveled, same airport, BWI, only a couple of weeks ago. And it was nowhere near like this. The reason why I'm just telling you is if you do plan on traveling, be prepared for long lines. And something that I had never seen before we're waiting, we're waiting, and the baggage claim guy with the vest on comes in the plane and starts saying, we're trying to do our best, we're trying to do our best with your bags, some of the bags ain't going to make it, I just want you to hear from me, and he goes back out, we're still waiting, he comes back in, and then he's like, uh, all right, uh, uh, Smith, uh, Marty, Jimmy, and uh, Johnny, your bags ain't coming, uh, Gertrude, uh, um, furthermore, uh, little Johnny, furthermore, Billy, your bags ain't coming. Uh, so-and-so, he went down a list of about 12. Your bags ain't coming. Sorry, just call when you get to, to the airport. And, oh, I heard one young family, young uh, couple, the kid must have been in the Marines, he had a tattoo, and could be more than, you know, 20 years old, his girlfriend. She's like, oh. And we were flying back to Tampa, and she's like, we got to, we're going, we got to drive to Melbourne. Melbourne, Florida, and we're not going to go to bed till like four o'clock in the morning. Now we don't have our bags, you know, stuff happens. But I think what I think it is, is this onslaught of travel happens so damn fast. Like, I don't think that the airlines are equipped to handling it, you know, and the prices, man, for hotels, they're trying to make that money back. Tra- uh, rental car. Holy crap. Now, we had to get a big, almost uh, borderline van, borderline. We had a bunch of us and the luggage, and it was only like th- three days? 800 bucks, $819. It's, they're, they're raking you. They are raking. I know there was a rental car shortage. But anyway, it's just a little tip to think about. 
you're going to deal with lines and people. It happened fast. Speaking of happening fast, the NFL, full stadiums uh, with the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl sold out. It was announced last week, season tickets sold the hell out. How about that? It really is amazing in one year. Oh, I was listening to Coach Lori Locust from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of three, I believe, full-time females on Bruce Arians' staff. I know at least uh, two. But anyway, she was great. She was on the Ira Kaufman uh, podcast uh, with Joe Buck's friend. A fanta- fantastic interview. She was so good. And she was just saying, you know, the Brady effect is real. And it wasn't like he was doing anything out of the ordinary. He was just being Tom, and once he came into the building, it just changed, like the atmosphere, the culture, because this guy's got six rings. Been there, done that, and when just by seeing him, and she's like, he's got to, you know, he. it's not like he's doing anything crazy, you know? Now, I was also told, now, I was at one of the mini camp days and watching from afar, but you're pretty far away for the media, and I was told by some of the players that oh he was still cussing guys out if you miss if you if you missed an assignment you weren't like there is no complacency i guess that's why he is the greatest of all time and you know it's kind of funny because outside of here when brady something is posted about brady like last week the cover of madden 22 it's brady and it's mahomes and right away the you know it was on twitter uh, EA Sports, you know, NFL cover, Madden 22, Brady. And the first comment is like, Mahomes owns Brady. He owns he, Brady. Just They just want it. Now, the defense really should be credited for stopping uh, Mahomes and company and that Kansas City Chiefs offense. Let, let's call it like it is. But, I mean, right away, what, what he owns, Mahomes owns him? What have you done for me lately? Like, Brady won the Super Bowl I with the Buccaneers. And Coach Lori Locust was saying on this podcast, Sage's podcast, I thought this was unbelievable. She's like, it was so surreal because the week of the Super Bowl, you always hear about all the hype. There's media day. You got to, you know, there's, it's craziness when you get to wherever the Super Bowl is. And she goes, we were in our same facility because, you know, the Super Bowl was in Tampa. Everything was the same as we had done during the regular season. There was no craziness at all. There was a feeling of calm and confidence. She said it was really, really uh, almost strange. Very, everyone was calm. There was never a doubt. There was no talk at all leading up to that Super Bowl of, Oh well, if we get behind this, if we if we don't win, or we will, oh we are. It was just going about business, very calm and confident. And she said that it wasn't until late in the game, and she's she was re- looked at the scoreboard and went, "Wow, they haven't scored a touchdown!" Like just going about the game plan of whatever her duties were as a coach. And then it got down to the two-minute warning and looking at the score, and she said that was when it was surreal and it was hitting. Like, we're going to be Super Bowl champs. We won this thing in our home stadium. 
first year with Brady. Like, whoa. And she had, what was it, her son? You know, it was, she got some of the defensive players. Her favorite player is Jason Pierre-Paul, she said. Her favorite, like, person. How about that? Because he's, he's hard to get to know, you know? I didn't know how to feel about JPP, but that's coming from her. So it was a good insight. If you get a chance, it's uh, Ira Kaufman. He's got a podcast. It was really, really good. But anyway... Sold out. Season tickets sold out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 65,000. And we're, you know, we're getting closer. It's going to be a Thursday night opener against the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night. Now, by the way, and as I told you, oh, I did check with my source that is in the NFL office. He is more, he's involved in the marketing end. And yes, they announced they're looking into a game in Germany. Um, you know, they're going to play again in, in London. Um, he knew that the full stadiums, that was the NFL was planning on that. Uh, but not a lot of the, the game day stuff, you know, with teams. Um, but I will tell you this. So Amazon, Amazon prime, it's got the Thursday night package and they haven't reached out yet, but are planning to and are going to throw a lot of money at Peyton Manning. Now, I know Peyton Manning has turned down other opportunities, i.e. Monday Night Football. They can and Amazon has got a lot of money. They would make him higher paid than Tony Romo. Romo was really good his first year. Remember how he was calling out the plays before they started? He was good. It's almost like he talks a little too much and he's starting to annoy me a little bit. That can happen. But maybe Peyton Manning says yes to Amazon and wouldn't he be good? And then when I started thinking about it, I'm like, oh, here we go. Brady haters. When Tom Brady finally does retire, don't you think the networks or streaming service, whatever it will be at that time, will go all out to have Brady in the booth with his knowledge and his boyish good looks and all that jazz? Can you imagine that? He's going to be even richer. So for those of you that are jealous and can't stand Brady, uh, what can I tell you? <laughs> what can I tell you? All right, let's see. What else do we have cooking here? Oh, you know what? The, this, the drama around the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, you know, I'm interested to see how this is all going to play out. But isn't it nice if your team does not have to worry or deal with quarterback drama? It's pretty damn nice. Now, like the Buccaneers, there ain't no drama in the quarterback room. Um, Look what's going on with Belichick in, in, in New England. Like Cam Newton is his guy, but they also drafted Mac Jones. And you, it's hard to judge on underwear football. Just, you know, the shorts and, and the shirt and the helmet. Um. There was a former player, just, no, a current player, a current player, current Packer was talking about like the first mini camp where the young guys, the rookies, the first year guys are learning. They don't know yet. Learning how to practice full speed 
without pads on. That takes a while to get used to. Like some of these colleges and universities don't practice exactly like an NFL team does where the veterans do. It's it's like a science on how to go full speed when it's 11 on 11, but yeah, you don't have pads on, you know, and they're still learning that. So they're behind and they were really behind last year because there was no off-season workouts. Oh, and the other thing is you best be fully vaccinated. Now, again, I'm not going to get into it. It's a political. It gets very political. If you don't want to, that's fine. I know businesses are not. I don't think that they're fully allowed, depending on your state, uh, that force you to get vaccinated. But if you look at these NFL protocols and you're being paid to play on that team, you best be. You can't go and sit in the meetings. You're not going to play. And uh, but for the first time, they're going to be able to actually sit at the the chow hall like at, at a meal like they didn't they weren't even able to sit with one another last year. Any any teams like so strange. It's back, baby. And for the media, which I know you don't care about, but to be able to do in-person interviews if you're fully vaccinated. Oh, my God. If you're not fully vaccinated, you can't even you can't even sit in the press box. So. You know, I'm fully vaccinated and I, but that was one of the biggest things for me. Zoom is not my thing. I just, oh, Zoom. It's, it's not personal. You know, I know players probably don't want to do interviews. You know, I understand. I get it. I get it. But I was so happy to hear that. So I'm going to be over there quite a bit and doing a little video and just Keep that in the back of your mind. Follow me. Follow me on Twitter at Real Rock Riley, Instagram at Real Rock Riley, or Facebook Rock Riley. And the Tampa Free Press, by the way, uh, TampaFreePress.com. And they, it's a great website. Get your news, your information. And my podcast is on there as well. And maybe more to come. So there, so there you go on that. But anyway, I was just thinking with the Aaron Rodgers and the drama and, you know, He's obviously not happy, and, and it can cripple, man, an organization when your top guy, he was the MVP. You're the MVP of the league. You know, he obviously is not happy. Not everybody is going to be totally happy in where you are. And so, but anyway, it is nice to not have drama. How about um, Andy Dalton? Now, what a nice guy. The Chicago Bears, he's with the Bears, and the Chicago Bears drafted up uh, move, they went to go get Justin Fields. And Andy Dalton is going out of his way to help Justin Fields. As a matter of fact, Justin Fields said Andy Dalton and Andy Dalton's wife invited him out to dinner and they took him out to dinner and really helping out. Now, that that I don't know, man. He might be a bigger man than I. You know, these jobs are so hard to get. It's different if you're a Roethlisberger. Remember that? He didn't want to help out, but like a Brady. Brady's going to help out. He's not in jeopardy of his job, his career, but Andy Dalton is just trying to stay as a starter. If you are Andy Dalton and you're the starter for now, are you going to go out of your way to help Justin Fields? I had a very successful broadcaster a long time ago tell me when you get somebody new that's coming in and they're young and they're hungry, you help them. You help them, but you don't have to give them every single tip and secret. 
you can keep something to yourself. If you've been at it for 18 years or so, that's how long I was at Bay News 9. And I think that advice is suffice, at least for me. A um, couple of things to keep an eye on. You know, with the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Arch Manning, he's their nephew. The kid is, I think he's still, what class is he? 2023. And he could be, well, at least physically, arm strength, all that jazz, as good as Peyton or Eli. Or Oh my God, can you imagine what that's going to be like and the recruiting? But I've seen some of the video and it's something else. All right, hockey, real quickly. Uh, I think it's the best playoff anywhere. There's something about playoff hockey, the intensity, being in the building, the excitement. Oh, my God. So the other night at the Lightning Islanders game, Marty St. Louis, St. Louis, no, Marty St. Louis was the guest and they put him up on the big board and he got to hit the buzzer for the coils with the lightning coils and it and it just energizes the 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 the, uh, the whole the whole building man and then he was also on with JP Peterson in between periods and he was funny and he was like I was so hyped up I I felt like going down there and asking the equipment guy for my gear like you know what I mean and his hair is gray now. He looks fantastic. He was one of my favorites. See, the thing about him, when he first, he came out of the University of Vermont, a catamount, and you're very talented, but the knock was, you're too small. You're too small. And he was determined to beat anybody down that would tell him he's too small. And he kept at it. And he was a fire plug. And he, he was, he was amazing. Amazing. Uh, I'll tell you this. I've seen him in just his shorts. His legs were like freaking tree trunks and just such a good dude. And I hadn't seen him. Now, there were some Lightning fans that got annoyed with him because the Lightning were, remember that? He wasn't too happy with the GM. The GM had, uh, you know, kept him off uh, Team Canada. And you're going to have differences. And he, his, from what I was told, his wife wanted to get out of Tampa and move upstate. They built, they were building or built a, a home 20 minutes from the New York Rangers facility. And he had said, I remember he had said, like, look, my wife has sacrificed her entire time with me, with the kids, the moving, with everything. And now here at the end, we have an opportunity to go to the Rangers and you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. And I remember it was, there was lightning fans that were not too happy, but you know, he made a decision. I think a lot of it was on his wife. You know, the saying guys, happy wife, happy life, (laughs) right? Right. Unhappy wife, unhappy stinking life. But he has a great place in his heart for Tampa Bay. He's well-liked. He was good friends with uh, Vinny. Brad Richards, who had a real good career even after he left the Tampa Bay Lighting. He was inducted into the Tampa Sports Hall of Fame last week. And another good guy. 
He and Ma- he and Vinny roomed in the same condo complex on uh, Harbor Island, right behind where the Lightning played their home games when they were bachelors. How about that? One of them, I don't know if it was Brad Richards or Vinny, ended up renting. Uh, he he's now a broadcaster for the Rays. His his bachelor pad. I think there was a jacuzzi in there in the room. And can you imagine that? Being loaded with money, being young and single, and uh, what a life. What a life. But they're all family men now. And when I went to Vinny LeCavalier's house a couple of years ago, I think I told that on an earlier podcast, where he his house is down the street from Derek Jeter's house, which was sold, by the way. The one that Brady was renting. And there was three tractor-trailer movers, uh, uh, vans, tractor-trailer trucks outside. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, oh, Derek Jeter's moving in. But Vinny has got an upstairs man cave. Beautiful oak wood, the pool table. And he's like, yeah, I have the guys over. And then Marty's always, I don't know if Marty Marty was going to have a party or something too. But anyway, they were pretty tight. But it was kind of neat to see. And uh, that was when the Lightning had that first run when they when they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, so it was kind of cool to see. And, I, and I've always, always liked him. All right. What else? Is there anything else that I wanted to hit you on? So I will be talking with a major league, longtime major league pitcher baseball, and I'll get to the bottom of the foreign substance deal. I'm going to head back up to Jersey uh, before I do this next podcast for you. So we'll see. I got, I'm, I'm hoping for this cool, 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 cool guest. My congratulations to Antonio Tarver in the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame. He was inducted. I was at that event for a couple of days. So really, really cool. So we'll have a little more boxing and more combat sports along the way. And I'm also working on a huge wrestling superstar. I'm making some headway. So stay tuned for that. All righty, I think that's about it. So be prepared, man. Lines, everything back. You know, we were worried. Is it going to get back? What's the new normal? It's like the old normal. Packed, 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 packed. Here we go. Thank you so much. Spread the word. My thanks to Tampa Free Press and any future endeavors, employers of anyone out there. (laughs) All right, let's have a great week, right? And I'll be back. Same time, same place. This podcast is The Rock Stops stinking here. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.